0: Hello and welcome to Meaning What, I'm Matt Wiseman. Today, I just want to talk about the 2020 election results, um, what did happen and then the Georgia runoffs and what I expect to happen and um, what are the potentialities of what could happen uh, with the Republicans winning and with the Democrats winning and then um, the ideal situation which is, of course, more far-fetched. All right, let us begin. As I record this, um, it hasn't been done yet. The Georgia runoffs are not finished, but it is uh, Three Kings, it's uh, Trace Ratios, and it's a holiday, so there's going to be gifts tomorrow. If you're celebrating... um, uh, for these races, and if you're not, maybe it's a new tradition you can start. Anyway, um, we'll start with the beginning, the 2020 race. So the 2020 race was decided in November and then um, has to be relitigated since then, right? Uh, first, the Republican reaction. It's well known. Um, record turnout for the Republicans uh, all over the place. A lot of places didn't come. There were... Um, Suspected mail-in problems, election problems, uh, with the voter rolls and the mail-ins. And it looks like, as far as elections go, compared to 2000, compared to other years, this was pretty clean. And there was, it was generally a smooth election as far as the U.S. elections go. There wasn't a lot of questions. It definitely wasn't as crazy as the Democratic primary, where New York and L.A. and Texas and Iowa all were botched. Severely botched and the primaries were just a mess, but the general election seems to be pretty smooth so There was all this talk. that There was gonna be problems. There wasn't any problems Okay, well Trump ends up losing um, By about 7 million votes. He still had a record turnout like the most you know in many 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 years um, and that's something to are proud of. But he wasn't proud, he lost, and he's been an ineffectual leader since. He's done all kinds of crazy things, but he hasn't really led the charge. The only thing he's been doing, the really only thing he's been doing, is saying he didn't lose, and getting more and more into the conspiracy theories, more and more radicalized, um, into this never-never land of denial. And maybe he thinks that that'll allow him to win the election, or maybe it's allow him to just take his base into that radical direction. And he's got a lot of support, and it's scary the amount of support he has. But it is a direction that really proves that Trump and Trumpism isn't a thing. He doesn't stand for anything. It's a cult of personality. It's not like he was a right-wing populist. It's not like he had national agenda. He ended up basically being a, a neoconservative when he was in office. He was pro-war and continued these wars, even though he had some heterodox ideas. The people that were, made him interesting, the people that made him uh, a little progressive, a little more of a populist, those people were pushed aside. And these establishment people came in, and they were the ones who geared him towards wanting to start war in Iran, wanting to... To really, you know, and he did with um, Mike Pompeo and all these things, you know, help out uh, Bolsonaro and and try something in Venezuela and try something in Ecuador and Bolivia. Like, it's just a terrible string of awful things that the national security state and the Pentagon always want to do. And, you know, Trump didn't stop them. Trump tried diplomacy with some uh, people, but he ended up being hawkish eventually. So regardless, Trump wasn't in abnormality as far as how he governed. He just kept things the way they were going. And he was a sensationalist. And he ran towards the fire and into the fire and started the fire and made it worse. He had no interest in smoothing things or putting out fires where they arised. He was trying to use every opportunity to whip up his base. And it didn't matter what he had to say. And that's what we all saw. And the Democrats, instead of being the opposition to that, instead of um, offering another alternative, instead of being these kind of high-minded individuals like they have been in the past, taking this high road, they didn't. What they did instead was um, also flame, inflame the sensationalization as well. So the, the reaction, of course, is the de-evolution of Trump into some kind of madman who can only think about this one thing, and he's in the end of his tenure, and he's just trying to blow up the Republican Party, not even effectively doing that. So um, then the, dem- uh, the, the Democratic reaction to the, the 2020 uh, uh, national election. The Dems win, um, they hold on to Congress, but they lost a a lot of the majority. Um, The the sweeping win of the Democrats, they won by seven million votes, but that didn't turn out to be a lot. You know, it's the same margin that Trump won by, so kind of squeaked it out. Now, why didn't they win? Well, they didn't really campaign too much in person. They didn't go to states, you know. It's the same Clinton machine problem. They just overlook so many communities, and they don't try. Their strategy was to go after the suburbs, and because of the interest, because of the excitement, because of Bernie Sanders, because of the progressive movement, they were allowed to kind of coast on this, you know, Hillary Clinton bandwagon while Bernie really got out early, um, and supported him vociferously. And he went to these places. He went and continued his campaigning in the way he campaigns. And he brought out um, protesters from the Black Lives Matter movement and the Movement for Black Lives. And he brought people out, um, you know, and, and credit to you know, activists that were also on the ground trying to register people and get them to vote so they would do something about the racial injustice in our countries, do something about police violence, um, do something about the inequality and the material conditions deteriorating for the millennials and the Zoomers and they, uh, black and brown people came out in numbers, in record numbers, and they increased the turnouts. While it seemed that the suburbanites really kind of kept it steady, there's a lot of mail in voting, and eventually Biden wins. So, what does Biden do after he wins? Um, he chastises civil rights leaders, black leaders, um, tells them that now is not the time for them to make their Understandings that he's got a better idea and he's in charge now, and he he crushed the left and he, you know, crushed everybody in the primaries, and you know that's just not a way to breed unity. and In in Biden's idea of unity, is reaching, is following the the Lincoln Project never Trumpers that they didn't have any effect on the election. They just were telling the base what they wanted to hear. They were Republicans for these liberal suburbanites, and Biden bought into it, and he thinks that they won him, but in actuality, it was these black and brown voters coming out that wanted him to do something, and he said he will not defund the police, that he will um, veto a Medicare-for-all bill if it came across his desk. So he, uh, along with a lot of establishment, purple uh, corporate democrats that lost their seats everybody that supported black lives matter won their seats so they blame black lives matter and they blame the protest movement for and the left broadly um, in medicare for all and the green new deal and anything progressive anything that's uh, about equality or universal programs they blame those things and they blame those people that were in charge of that for their loss because now every Democrat is a radical, but the Republicans always call everyone a radical. And they say Joe Biden is for Medicare for All and for the Green New Deal, and he most certainly is not. And he is very adamant on that. He is actually to the right of Trump in a lot of issues. Uh, And Trump, you know, and Biden is primarily, since he won, has been pretty absent as a leader been absent in the leadership role. He hasn't done anything when there were the stimulus negotiations, either he prefers to be behind the, the, the scenes doing things, you know, maneuvering, or he is just not effectual. And he's not able to lead. And the, this is even proof positive because um, it is Wednesday right now, well, just Wednesday, but it, it, this is Tuesday night. And on Monday, um, Evening, He was in Georgia and that's when he said he supported the $2,000 stimulus payments. Where where has he been for the past two, three weeks? He could have been with Bernie Sanders. He could have been with the Progressive Caucus demanding these $2,000. He could have been with Donald Trump. And Donald Trump is this boogeyman, so you can't just support a good idea that he has because what? Is there some kind of political ground you lose? You know, the only way that he loses political ground is perhaps friendship with Mitch McConnell. (laughs) You know, all of these Republicans, and even Josh Hawley was on board, you know, these Republicans that are these fiscal conservatives, that's who he loses support from if he supports payments to people. But even those fiscal support um, Republicans, they voted for an increased budget uh, to the, the Pentagon, the defense spending, a huge increased budget. You know, it's only when we're paying for the individuals, it's only when we're giving people help and there's no money to be returned from that. There's only goodwill and a kind of social responsibility. That's when deficits come in. That's when there's no money left. That's when there's nothing we can possibly do. And it's disgusting and it's it's absolutely a right wing talking point. But I feel like something we're going to hear from Joe Biden. Hopefully we don't, maybe he can actually tax the rich people instead of giving them tax breaks like Trump's tax breaks. Um, all right, we'll go on to the next one now. Okay, well these are the um, potential outcomes from Georgia. All right, the Georgia race. Well, first, let me just tell you how it's expected to go. It's going to be the same kind of red uh, mirage, or or uh, whatever you want to call it. the 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 same thing that happened in the general election, where Republicans are going to have more in person voting, um, and they're going to be enthused, and they're going to come out. Even though Toronto Trump has been on the ground and, and really advocating for himself and sometimes advocating against the GOP and against these um, Republicans in Loeffler and Purdue, who said they supported him, they nominally support him, they nominally support his $2,000 um, relief payments to the people, survival payments people have been calling them. Um, but the, in ideology, they're just cynics, and Loeffler and Purdue both were, or potentially are, going to be held to account for their corruption and their insider trading when they were during the pandemic um, because they had made trades with confidential information based on the disclosures they got within committees, Senate committees that they're on. Uh, who also also included in that... Um, One Democrat, anyway, from San Francisco, I can't remember her name right now, but so there, there are these three senators who were having these financial trades with confidential information, privileged information. And it's even worse with somebody like Purdue who actually went on Fox News and told people that it's gonna be fine and that they shouldn't overreact while he was in the back room making these trades with his information just intentionally misleading people. It's really disgusting. So anyway, Ossoff and Warnock are the Democrats. Then Ossoff is, um, it tends to be, he appears to be a uh, better speaker than both of them, but he's also uh, a, a corporate Democrat. Nothing really impressive going to come from him, but he seemed to call out Loeffler on her, her corruption and her lack of charisma. She couldn't seem to do anything except repeat talking points Uh, ad nauseum. And then Warnock is extremely charismatic and he seems that he has the rhetoric of someone who's more socially progressive if not economically progressive, Uh, but remains to be seen if he can be a champion there. We shall see, but it, it does look promising with him. So what's expected is that the Republicans have this, um, this red mirage. They're pulling to the lead right away and then the Democrats uh, tie it up. And when the, the more populous places are counted and when the, the early voting is counted last, then the Democrats will take it. That's what happened in the, the, the national election and that's what I expect will happen in this election. As of now, it's still, the polls are still open or they're just closed. And um, it looks like the Democrats are trailing by one, two points. So it's not, it's not there yet. We'll see if it ever does come there. The expectation, of course, is that Georgia is a red state and that this will continue to be a red state. But the demographics are changing such that more suburbanites and more city dwellers are, inhabiting these states, like Virginia, and they are changing the state into purple states or battleground states. So that being said, the expected, um, the potential outcomes. Georgia, the Republicans win. Well, the Republicans win and uh, Mitch McConnell gets to be the majority leader still, and he remains this villain um, upon villains. He wasn't a villain in the Obama administration. He was still a villain in Trump's administration, um, but a little more savvy. And then he gets to be more of an obstructionist villain in this kind of Obama 2.0, where don't expect anything to happen, even with the House and the White House um, being controlled by Democrats. They had that before, and now it's even more of a narrow control for Nancy Pelosi in the House. Who is still the leader, by the way? Um the corporate dems are probably fine with it if the the dead, the republicans win because they get to keep their talking points they get to say you know Mitch McConnell's the bad guy instead of Trump and Trump you know has this legacy of incendiary comments and sensationalism and now oh aren't they so bad the GOP they don't have to go into substance they just go about you know appearances and being offended and they clutch their pearls and all that you know, it's gonna be fine for their funding. They'll find tons of funding with the GOP being the enemy. And best of all, they don't have to work. So they get paid, they get to stay in office and they don't have to work. During these financial crisis and housing crisis and a food insecurity crisis and the pandemic crisis and they don't have to do anything and they don't have to be accountable for all the things they didn't do because that's not how DC works, to my shame to our national embarrassment, really. Okay, a Dem win. What does a Dem win mean? Well, I think it's preferable to the GOP win, but a Dem win, that of course, the GOP is going to say, they're going to cry foul, they're going to whine, they're going to claim it's the end of the U.S. and socialism and A, B, and C. Of course, you know it's reductive, and it's silly, and it makes no sense based on the evidence, but they get to cry that way because the media ecosystem eats it up, and they all like to cry that way. You know, we saw that in the primaries, that you don't have to explain anything if you say socialism or Venezuela, that that's just the end, or Russia, and that's the end of the argument, when that just is ignorant. Anyway. As Richard Wolff likes to say, socialism is when your government does things. So if you want your government to do things, you probably like socialism. And that's true. So what would the opposite of that be? You know, libertarianism, which is actually anarcho-capitalism, where you want corporations to be in charge of government because you want the government to do nothing to stop corporations. So anyway, um, back, that's a little tangent. If the Dems win, the Dems will be in the spotlight. And what does that mean? Well, it means they will either unite and they'll be able to work out their differences in public and civilly or behind you know closed doors and be a united front, which I think is not very likely. But you know, Nancy Pelosi did get reelected, so maybe she can get all the, the House Democrats in order. Uh, or all the fractures will be under the spotlight and we'll be able to exploit our agenda and get perhaps more concessions from the centrist and Republican slash Democrat corporatists. Um, We'll see. We'll see if we can hold them to account, if we can shine a spotlight on all their corruptions, try and spotlight on all of the the vileness of money in politics. That would be really great. And it would need to be dissension. It would need to have... um, Things be aired, all the dirty laundry. Right now, the GOP is having a huge infighting. It would be great if the Dems could have one too. Um, So the reason you would support a Dem win over a Republican win, well, it's the possibility of any universal or progressive policy emerging. So this is the hope for something that could be uh, fundamentally changing, but obviously... I don't think a fundamental or large structural change will actually happen under a Biden administration, but the hope for something to emerge will be there. You know, and I, you know, if the the ideal would be a UBI or a Medicare, you know, universal basic income, Medicare for all, or a Green New Deal, you know, including a jobs program and something to address the environment, uh, as well as you know, student loan forgiveness. Then, if that's the ideal, we're going to get. Compromised versions of all those things, you know, maybe there'll be a draw program, maybe there'll be an infrastructure deal, at least with vaccine production and domestic manufacturing, you know, by American orders, um, federal distribution of vaccines, you know, because right now we're, we're just blowing it with this distribution. It's just another failure of the state. Relief payments, you know, at least another $2,000, if not a temporary universal basic income. So people can get on their feet again, maybe start businesses because what, like 40% of all small and medium businesses are closed for good already because the way that this, these um, stimuluses were doled out was just atrocious and it didn't go to small and medium businesses. It went to the richest people and the richest people are making tons of money anyway and the stock market is good, but almost everybody's suffering immensely beyond that, or at least 20, 30% of the populace, which is awful. You're talking nearly a hundred million people. Um, the you know, there's some kind of environmental program will happen. Uh, student loan forgiveness at least means tested, some kind of minimal, you know. Um, Chuck Schumer was saying fifty thousand dollars we, we forgiven. Some kind of health care reform, maybe a public option is what they were pushing that they could be added on to the um the Obamacare which would be awful, but if they could find a way to make it better instead of just moving everybody that is uninsurable by private corporations onto public options, we'll just allow them to destroy a system that could be great. So I wanna talk now a little bit about the, the cons, right? So what happens if the Dems are uh, you know winning? Well, the Dems win, the cons of the Dems' victory is the, the global trade deal start again. You know, not that uh, Trump really did anything to stop NAFTA, but he called it awful and then he renegotiated it to be very similar to what it was. Uh, so all of that's probably going to happen. You know, TPP, the Trans-Pacific Partnership is going to probably start up again. You know, um, more propaganda about Russia. Chinese Venezuela maybe less on the Chinese but we'll see but russia and, and Venezuela definitely there's going to be a lot of nonsense about uh, about them um, Iran hopefully they can salvage the the Paris climate accord but the, there's going to be um, no effort to break up monopolies in the u s especially the tech monopolies that's what all the antitrust was coming from Trump so you know expect tech monopolies to continue growing in in you know, basically supplanting the government with privacy laws. Uh, There's going to be nothing done about corruption draining the swamp. I I don't think that there's going to be any effort to be, to find accountability from Trump or from any of the uh, the Republicans or Democrats in what they did in the primaries, what they did in the past four years. That's just not going to happen. You know, there's nothing but impunity in D.C. And it's disgusting. And that's how, another reason that they're far away. Um... The global war will continue. We'll continue global warfare. Definitely, um, most likely in, in Yemen, um, definitely in Afghanistan, in Iraq. We'll see if there's a drawdown, but probably not. Uh, there was a surge, remember, under Obama? So, yeah, Obama came in with four wars and left with eight. So, I, I expect all that to continue. Um, and undomicronic countries will still be supported. So, uh, the way that Israel's uh, government is going and how it is really occupying uh, Palestine, that's going to continue and that relationship, that that right-wing nature in that government is going to continue going the way it's been going and it's a shame. I'm Jewish and I don't want to see that happen. I want there to be democracy everywhere Um, as well as uh, the relationship with Saudi Arabia that's gonna continue going. I don't see that Joe Biden is gonna be the guy that's gonna back away from that much money or that much of a. I don't, I we don't have shared values, it's just gonna be a, a business exchange, that much money. They're not gonna turn their back on that much money and they're not gonna say anything about Kamil Kajogi and his murder. They're not gonna do anything about it. They're not gonna do anything about um, they're going to continue to pester Julian Assange, and they, they're going to try and, and hold publishers and the freedom of the press accountable for what they publish. Uh, and it's not just liable. They want to call them spies and keep them in a black site. You know, there's going to be no forgiveness of whistleblowers like uh, Snowden and Manning. So and all of that is going to be the empire continuing, and that's going to happen under Biden. There's no indication that he wants to stop that. Okay. Go this last section, I'm just going to talk about the ideal um, situation that would happen. And this occurred to me because I... I accidentally said the Democratic victory would be ideal, and it'd be preferable to a GOP victory. But the ideal situation, what would be great to see happen, is, you know, not just with the runoffs, but the ideal outcome of of any kind of future election, would be the end of the two parties. It would be the fracturing of both of them, so they can stop their their two-party corporate control. Um, over the American people. You know, we can reclaim some kind of democracy. Because honestly, what these two parties do in office is they expand the empire and they explain the police state and they explain the surveillance state and they continue warfare internationally. And they make trade deals that allow production and manufacturing to move out of the US and good jobs to go with them and labor, you know, focused jobs and unions to die on the vine because there's no jobs anymore. To cre- increase this kind of consumer mindset that only ends with the the capitalists, the, the people who control the, the, the machines and the finances and the land um, to continue making money while the people that just work, the people that control the, the labor continue to lose power and influence and continue to lose really a say in their government. And so the end goal of that is massive inequality. The end goal of that is massive destitute, destitute destitution Sorry, in um, poverty and unemployment. And so universal basic income in, in Medicare for all, like these universal programs are supposed to counteract that. It's not like they're out there as some kind of radical ideas that the government can't do. They definitely can do it, and other nations have done it. The only reason that we don't do it in the U.S. is because our government has been captured by corporations. And, you know, a great example of this is the Raytheon, you know, when the first CARES Act was done, uh, or was it the second? I can't really remember. CARES 1 or CARES 2... Um, Boeing and the airlines called in and they said, Hey, we want a bailout because we're not going to be able to survive without one. And immediately they were, you know, Trump was like, okay, give me stake, give me stake in the airlines and uh, I will pay you money, which is a fair ask. And they were like, absolutely not. We're not going to take your money if we're not going to give you stake." So instead of saying, okay, well don't take our money fail, you know, it's a private free market. You should fail if you do a bad job. Um, You know, and if it's an essential service, it should be provided by the government or at least have the government as competition to control the way that labor is controlled, to control the way that, um, you know, prices are and whatnot. The, the, The airlines have not been profitable for years and they keep on failing and then the government bails them out. It's a socialized program. But instead of the government taking any kind of stake in it and taking any kind of invested interest, when they are literally investing tax dollars, they just keep giving money. You know, it's good money after bad. It's it's insulting, and it's taxpayers' money. It's not even their money, and we don't get to have anything for it. So Trump re- ended up relenting, and he gave the these people what they wanted: this big bailout. And there was a, a lot of. Um, concessions made for the airline workers and there was a lot of unions at the table so there was a good deal eventually to kind of keep people solvent but the government did not advocate for its own interest because the u.s government's interest is the interest of corporations and we saw that very clearly with all of these stimulus packages Um, with the last stimulus package raytheon wanted a particular bailout and they got you know something within three days while the american people wanted a, a Uh, you know, $2,000 since April, I think, was this regular $2,000 payments. And even um, Kamala Harris had signed on for these regular payments before she knew she was the vice president. And we got nothing. We never got a regular payment of any kind. In fact, we got the $1,200 payment and a $600 payment per individual. So Collectively, that is $1,900. That is less than $2,000 Collectively. Now, yes, there was unemployment insurance that was supplemented, but the the, delay, the the extent of the hurt in the crisis is so great that everything that, that was done is still inadequate. So ideally, we don't have these two parties controlling anything. They can still advocate for their corporate interests, They can still be out there. But as far as primaries and who can be in the primary and as far as debates and who could be in the debate, you can get on the ballot as far as, you know, anywhere. But as far as certain states that have, you know, spoiler laws and these anti third party laws, as far as um, funding, it's either Democrat or Republican and nothing else. As far as the media, you know, you get attention and you get a press if you're connected to one of these two parties, like all of that's got to go. All of that is undemocratic. All of that works against the interests of the working people. And what we need is someone who's gonna advocate for our civil liberties. And if you're on the right, then you know your your right to religion and your right to to carry a gun if that's what you think is necessary. You know, your your right to to speak your peace and have freedom of speech, your right to privacy. These are things that are all being infringed right now and we're entering this surveillance state. And what we really need to do is is say, no, that's enough. <laughs> you know, we, we need to turn back the clock and we need to reclaim our civil liberties, you know, but we need to increase those liberties. We need to say that, you know, Americans have a right to a job. Americans have the right to a decent pay and dignity. Americans, you know, a $15 minimum wage, or at least even a $20 minimum wage at this point. We need to a right to safety that used to be something that was enshrined that you had a right to work in your environment and be safe a work a right to power right so what we really need ideally is the influence of money to be called out corruption, even the appearance of corruption is corruption like we need to have money not in our system. it has to be public financed elections we have a You know, the only advertising is okay is on public television, something like that. It needs to have some kind of equality to it because ideas deserve fair hearing. That's what democracy has. If you like democracies and you like civil liberty, then you should not like the two-party state. You should not like the way that the U.S. does business because it is undemocratic And I'm not just talking about the Senate or talking about the Electoral College. All of that can be sorted out. Even all of these universal programs can be sorted out. What we really need to address, what we absolutely need to address is two things. Money in politics and how private corporations like the Democratic Party um, and the Republican Party are controlling our discourse entirely. And... We, it's not democratic and that's not okay. But also we need to understand that if you care about democracy and liberties, then you have to care about labor power. So money and labor power, those are the only things that matter. The only things, you know, if we had compulsory voting and we had the will of the people matter, like really matter, not just on the face matter. Uruguay um, is a great example of this. Then everything that you think is impossible now could happen. And it just give the people a say. Right now, we're in this patriarchy, imperial, warmongering state, and most Americans don't like it. Sure, you want to own the libs, sure, you want to own the conservatives, but at the end of the day, it's not going to help the U.S. The best thing is to represent democracy. The best thing would be to get money out of politics and have corruption and law-breaking be held to account. Accountability and transparency, that's the best thing. And the U.S. and its, its governing bodies should support worker power, should ensure worker power, should enshrine worker power, so that the average person has a say. Because if you don't have power to the people, if you don't have power in a labor union or in a caucus, then you don't have any say. That is the say, and unfortunately, the way you you flex your labor power is you withhold it, you starve them out. You know those who advocate for violence are just advocating for hurting an individual, but those who advocate for a strike, for stopping the economy. They are advocating for hurting a system. And that that is pain that will be answered. Hopefully it's not answered with violence as a police state would. It should be answered with radical change, with real change. Work stoppages, rent strikes, general strikes. Those things matter. And we can see examples of that right now. We can see it in India where the farmers are striking. We can see it... um, with the, the the yellow vest movement um, where in France, we can see it in Poland with the, the women who were striking. So these things can happen, you know, uh, in Argentina where women just got the right um, to have abortions. You can see it in Chile, you know, people are rising up and there is a lot of cause for hope, but that is the only power we really have as working people is to withhold our work and to strike. So that's the ideal. Thank you for listening, everybody. Please stay safe. Take care of one another. It doesn't if you're gonna be around people you don't know, just wear a mask, keep your distance. This pandemic will be over one day. There's a lot of good things on the horizon. And the vaccine is coming. It is coming. We only lose when we stop trying. So keep trying, look out for each other. Happy New Year and we will win eventually we keep trying thank you